When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Lizzie Mathis, and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. Today, we're joined by another cool mama, the one and only Maddie James. Maddie is an author, entrepreneur, lifestyle expert, and mom of three. Maddie and I have never met before in person, but we have a lot to say. From her journey to becoming a successful content creator, the reason behind her newly released book, Everyday Magic, to her ultimate answer to any marital conflict. You may be surprised. Maddie and I also share a random little fact. I'll see if you can guess. I can't wait to share a conversation with you all. All right, we're just jumping in. We're just jumping we're in. We're jumping I, in. I want to start from the beginning with you, you know, in your text. Okay. I saw something which is crazy because I think we kind of have a commonality that I didn't even realize. You What's won that? Miss Liberia. Yes. Is that, is that sir? Yes. How? Yes. Okay, so wait a minute. Were, were you in, like, can you talk to me? Well, how? How? How, Sway? How? So... The way the U.S. said, because they have, obviously, they have a Miss Liberia pageant in in Liberia. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's in alignment with the Miss Universe pageant. I think that's how they pick that. But the USA pageant is an independent pageant. And you are allowed to be in the pageant if you are a Liberian, of course. Um, You can be born in the U.S. if you both of your parents or one of your parents are Liberian. So both of my parents are Liberian. I'm wow. first generation. Me and my sister are first generation. So I qualified for the pageant and I won in 2009. Wait, so you're a beauty queen too. So not beauty queen, but like I won Miss Michigan Team USA when I oh was when I was in high That's, school. It's, I know, but well, I know, but it ain't like it wasn't we know it was very random. And my mom, I, I remember I remember constantly always asking my mom, I wanted to get into modeling, which happened to be exactly what I did. As I, after uh, college, I went and moved to New York, got into modeling, but um, I wanted to get into modeling so bad. My mom, we were in Detroit and she was like, I don't know, someone told me about a pageant. They said you could become a model if you, you know. And so we entered it and then one thing led to the next. But as I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's wild. And it feels like ages ago. I know. Oh my gosh. I I love it. I love it. That's so cool. But one of the things I love doing on the Cool Mom Co podcast is just kind of relating the dots, right? Like connecting the dots mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't all just show up and be a Maddie James. We're not just all right. waking up and we're like, and today I am going to teach you this <laughs> and I'm going to write you this and I'm going to, you know, it's like we don't all wake up doing that. So the one thing I really love to do is just inspire moms, especially, you know, mm-hmm. when you become a mother. You know, the jungle becomes a little bit more real, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's 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 a process and I just love to inspire moms to say, "Hey, there's a pro- like the dots do connect. Like, you know, they there do. is an aspiration. You can get here. This is some things. If right. there's something you want to do or a pivot you want to make, it is possible." So, where right, are you originally right, right. from though? Are you originally from Atlanta? 
Well, I, I pretty much grew up here. I'm kind of from everywhere. So I have immigrant parents. They're Liberian. Um, my parents moved here. My dad got a scholarship to The Ohio State University. And so that was in 1980. Um, okay. We went through school and grad school and all of that. I was actually, and my parents were actually living in Toronto when oh. mommy was pregnant with me. And they, my, I think my dad had like a long uh, assignment in Huntsville, Alabama. So I was born in Huntsville. So, oh. but I mean, I, I have probably spent like this much of my life in Huntsville, like probably the first two years of my life were in Huntsville and then really spent in Toronto. And then funny enough, like we did all this traveling because my dad worked for an international uh, engineering firm because he's a civil engineer. And six years later, we moved back to Huntsville where my sister was born in the same hospital by the same doctor. No. So it's just so, yeah, literally, it's just a wild story. I'm like, how did all of that happen in six years and you guys decide to go back? And so um, I was born there and just pretty much kind of like the my early childhood really was spent in Huntsville for a couple of years and in Atlanta. Um, I graduated high school in like the Pittsburgh area. I grew up in an area called Beaver, Pennsylvania, which is about 33 miles out, like outside of Pittsburgh. So um, I did that. And then I went to college. I went to like a satellite campus of uh, Penn State. And I did like another year at another private college called Robert Morris. And then I left because I was deeply convinced that I was going to become a pop star. I was deeply convinced that I, I was going to become a son. Yes. Like, what? I was just so deeply, like, I um, auditioned for Making the Band. I auditioned for American Idol. I, I did all the reality shows you can think of, those and two specifically. Was singing, has singing always been like a passion of yours? Always, since I was little. I, I, I just loved being on the stage. So I always did pageants. I, I started dancing when I was four. I've been classically trained since I was four. So stage was just a thing. I just Natural. knew I was going to be famous. Yeah, I yes. just was so convinced. Um, I and I, you know, uh, my my parents are definitely stage parents. So they definitely <laughs> <We're> <laughs> supported like, yes. this personality type. Yeah. And so I moved to New York and, and it was like pretty cliche, right? It was just like, I mean, I was super broke. Um, because I left school, my West African daddy was like, yeah, we no longer financially support you. But if that, if you want to go be grown, wow. go be grown. That's and right. that's exactly what I did. I took my uh, $278 uh, to New York. I stayed with some friends of theirs. And it was so generous of them to let me stay because they were also in a pretty humble situation. I pretty much <laughs> left my parents like 3,000 square foot house, five bedrooms. Yeah. I moved to the projects, to the Bronx. I mean, um, and that's, things that's escalated. New York. I only spent a year in New York, but I, I absolutely think it shaped my uh, my work ethic because mm -hmm. that was really the first time I really lived in a safety net. Like my parents were super, you know, ambitious. They were here mm -hmm. from another country going after the American dream. We were usually the token black family in all white situations. They really kept mm -hmm. us in this bubble. And mm -hmm. so New York was really the first time where I saw different types of people, not only people wow. that looked like me, but just a, a really wide variety. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a little bit of a culture shock in a really good way. My parents were very strict. So I like in high school, I never really had a boyfriend or anything like that. I got all of my dating out in New York City. I like, <laughs> I, I was like, I dated the, <laughs> I dated a white guy. I dated a Puerto Rican dude. I dated a black guy. You know, I just was like, you know yeah. what, let's, let's explore. And so, but it was really good for me. I really did yeah. learn like how to work. Like in New York, no one feels sorry for you because everybody there got to work. So no, yeah, everyone's on their grind, their hustle. That's interesting because you spent so much time in the South. 
Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I think my dad really had this idea that if it was, you know, if it was white, it was right. So he was like, Mm. okay, the best schools, we've got to move to this neighborhood. And that's really how he kept us throughout. Even my sister, you know, who's six years younger than me, like they pretty much stayed the course even after I left. And so, yeah, it was really the first time, like I remember moving to Atlanta as an adult Mm because I did like second, third and fourth grade here in Atlanta. And moving here and like going to Express in the mall and seeing all Black people work at Express. Because where I grew up, that was like the white store. I was like, oh, this is like a, it was like a real culture shock. And my husband, who's from New Orleans, everything has always been Black to him all his life. He's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, yeah, why wouldn't that be? Okay, wait a minute. So how did you and your husband meet? Because you guys have been together for a long time. We have. We've been together. Has it, okay, I think we've been together 14 years, uh, married this month for 13. And we actually met on MySpace. And anytime we tell this story, people are like, you are kidding me. <laughs> what? <laughs> so when I... When I left New York City, I came, I moved back down to Atlanta because my maternal grandfather had fallen ill. So I wanted to spend like, you know, his last few months with him. And it was right. great. I did get to spend time with family. And then I probably, it was probably about a year. Yeah, I would say it was about a year and some change. Um, you know, I would like casually date people, but it was nothing right. serious. I was working retail. I didn't have a car. I was just, mm-hmm. it was in my tw- young 20s, early 20s, didn't know what to do. And MySpace was t- still really a thing. And mm-hmm. we met on MySpace. And my husband is somebody who doesn't half-ass anything. Like, he used MySpace, like, as, like, a pen pal thing. Like, he would follow <laughs> up with you. He was he was really good. And the mall I worked at, like, I think we were friends on MySpace probably for about six months before we met in person. And he was just wow. so consistent and, like, normal. I was like, oh, yeah, we can totally meet in person. Like, you are not right. a weirdo by any right. means. This and, is okay. Um yeah. And we met and it was still like in a group setting and uh, he knew that I danced. And so he took me to Alvin Ailey um, oh, when they came wow. here in Atlanta. Yeah. Cause they're here at the Fox theater in Atlanta, usually like every February. And so okay. he took me um, in February and then the next time it was like a game night and we you know we finally kissed or whatnot. And we started dating in March and then like six months later he proposed. And then a year later we got married. Wow. Okay. And then, so you're married and then where do kids come in? Where was it after marriage? You're in your career at this point. Had you started your blog and all that stuff yet? So when we got married, it was kind of a world, like a whirlwind in a sense where it's like a lot of life changes happened. Like, um, I had a loss, an aunt that was really, really close to me. She had passed. I was working retail, but then I ended up landing a really amazing um, internship. And I interned for Brown Foreman, who's the makers of Jack Daniels. And so I ended up doing that. And then literally six weeks before we listened, it was not bad. It was not bad. Um, And then six uh, six weeks before we got married, I won Miss Liberia. And then six weeks later, we got, yeah, we get married. So it was just a lot that year. So I was really trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? So I did try. I did finally start my blog. I had been blogging like a hobby like since I had moved from New York, but took it seriously after I won Miss Liberia. I started the blog. I thought I could just like start blogging and I would start making money. And the way we were just not making money at all. And so um, finally, I got a real job in 2011. 
And I worked that for about almost four years before I left. And actually I was fired. And then, cause they, they just completely changed everything. So I was let go. But at that point I was making the same amount of money at my nine to five as I was with blogging. So it, wow. it worked out. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you took it as an opportunity. Yeah. You were like, this is it. This is the opportunity. I'm gonna, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had also like, I'm somebody like, I'm like, if I want something, I'll pray for it and go work for it. And I had kept on like saying these like prayers, like these very fearful prayers, like, okay, God, I'm like ready to quit. And I would just never quit. So I kind of feel like he just kind of allowed that to happen. Sometimes that's what we need though. You know, you get stuck in your whole routine and you get stuck in what you know and you get comfortable. I won't even say stuck. You get comfortable. Absolutely. The unknown is sometimes the scariest place to be. However, the unknown is sometimes what you need to break that barrier to get to what you want. The unknown really forces you to get to know yourself if if there is a disconnect with yourself. You really have to know yourself to say, you know what, regardless of what this situation is about to be, I trust myself to do what is necessary to get on the other side. It's so true. I mean, and through your your experience online, I mean, I know that you've been doing it for so long. You really are. When you say OG in the beginning of this, you really are an OG. <laughs> I mean, you have seen it change in so many ways. Oh you've gosh, been able, to, you're like a Madonna. <laughs> you're like, you've been able to like reinvent each that. time. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and just stay on top of like whatever it is that's being presented to you, whether it's a MySpace clearly or whether right. it is like <laughs> whether it's when it like, just snatched me a little husband and I uh, mean, yeah get it get it how you can no shame yes. get it how you can you know or it's just like staying up to date with like what's happening in in, in social yeah. media and all that stuff so i guess i my question for you is where did the passion come from blogging showing fashion beauty all these things mm. that you do style all that all your loves in life because i feel like you and i have a lot of similar passions to really helping yeah. people oh i appreciate that lizzie and I, I that's absolutely why i gravitated towards you like i said when i discovered you on youtube i was so excited because i was like you know one she i was like she looks like me so yes. like yes you know yes. and especially early on when it came to the lifestyle content, I feel like a lot, it was, it took a little bit to get, you know, us going. And now I feel like, I mean, we're, I, I love to see women that look like us who are in all these different spaces. And so for me, I think I really just had like this dream that what we're in now would happen, right? Because it really was, it usually was just one, you know, one mm-hmm. brown person, one black it's person so in a situation, right? I I got to do so many great things. And I think, uh, I you know, I, I do know that I'm good at what I do, but I do think the timing of when I did it. And also I think not being in a New York and LA helped me because it was mm. kind of like, oh, there's something else going on, you know, and in Atlanta, Atlanta was like, this is a music city. This is an entertainment city, right? Like, you know, so I think it like really the blogging that was happening here, like, you know, in 2010, 2011, 2012 was really entertainment blogging, right? Like people were blogging about the movies and music when it came to that kind of stuff in Atlanta, no one was focused on lifestyle. And that was really interesting to me because I was like, uh, people like clothes, people are yeah. moms, people are all these things. And so, yeah, so I, w- I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to be the first or the only, you know what I mean? And my, my hope was always that women that looks like me 
were given permission to go do the same thing or do whatever they wanted just because they didn't see other people doing it. That was always really important to me and still is. I, I really wanted my success to be permissive because when I see other people win, it gives me permission. It gets me excited. It doesn't mean I won't win. I've just always had that kind of personality. And so I've, I've always had that mindset with my own success as well. You know what it is? It's like with children. And this is how it is with, with as a mother for me. It's like, I always want them to see themselves in every position. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big believer of that. So this is why Obama, right, was such an important mm-hmm. figure. This is why mm-hmm. when we see Oprah, when we see uh, Venus and Serena, when we see mm-hmm. when we see these people who are excelling in what it is that they do and they look like us, right. it gives you it gives you a different way to walk into the room. I think even just like years of therapy has revealed to me that because in my really formative years, I was always the only or, or one of few at school or in um, extracurricular activities, I never really wanted anybody to feel alone because they wanted to go after something. You know what I mean? It would have been, and let me be clear, I had a great childhood. I, I don't have any complaints or anything like that, but it would have been really nice to have other people who looks like me to go through these very formative years, I think that definitely would have, you know, been slightly different. And I think even really encouraging, you know, because being an internet professional is also kind of strange, right? Because we're, so it's like we're co-workers, but we don't yeah. like, we don't like see each other. In life, you know what I mean? That's so that's so why true. we can hop on for the first time and be like, girl, I love this and da, 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 da. Because it's like, we're coworkers, you know, like That's if you work so on the internet and you follow each other, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really strange, interesting, but yet awesome dynamic. And so, yeah, so that's why I've always taken it to be really permissive as well. So social media is normal to consume, right. but like your average friend cannot relate to you creating content and putting it on the internet. Right. So all. other people who do it that can relate, it's like, well, you're my coworker because yeah. if I tell you this thing, you will You'll absolutely get relate. Exactly. You'll get it. You know, this takes me, uh, there's so many ways I want to go on everything that you just said. I mean, I want to tap into to a couple of, of things. One of them being that you mentioned that Atlanta you know, you felt like being in that space, it kind of gave you a different edge or advantage than rather being in a New York or an LA. For moms out there, why so though? Like why, why, like why in a smaller or in a, in a different market outside of New York and LA, why did you feel like that was so helpful for you? I thought it was so helpful because it, it, it definitely helped me stand out. And I, I really love the dynamic that is Atlanta. I like deeply love it. Like my husband and I talk about this all the time. I was like, the only way I'm leaving is with like boatloads of money because I have to move <laughs> my entire village with me. I'm like, right. we, our setup here is so great. Yeah. So I, I love Atlanta because it's slow enough to like raise your family in a great suburb, but it's fast enough to go to a movie premiere, to an album release party. There's like a really nice dichotomy. You know what I mean? You get you get a much more bang for your buck in, you know, in comparison to other metropolitan areas. Um, and I love that, you know, and there's something about this, the South that is really charming. Um, the people are nicer here, I, I think. Um, and yeah, and I do think it, it has the ability to move slow, but still keep up with, you know, like big sister, big brother, New York and LA, as I like to say, you know. Okay, your husband, your husband works with you. Yes, yes. So he was in corporate for about 
Um, I mean, pretty much since she had graduated college, we kind of had like early in our career when we first got married, like we had like a little, I would say like six month stint where we neither, neither one of us worked because we were like, yes, we can just make money on the internet. And we just did not have, we just did not have the resources and tools. So we went and got new real jobs in 2011. We were like, you know what? Yeah, Yeah. it was like, you know what? Being broke, not fun, especially (laughs) when you first get married. So let's not do that. And um, it was in 2021, actually, a a decade later, um, a year after the pandemic, we were like, you know what? I think it's time. And he actually left his corporate gig and came on as the COO. And I I feel so fortunate that we were even in the position to make that kind of choice without it affecting our quality of life or anything like that. Um, And it's been really great. So he and he's a graphic artist by trade. So even visually, just to have his eyes to make sure there's like a level of brand consistently consistency when it comes to visuals is really, really great. You know, he worked in corporate comms and just really understands communications when it comes to dealing with brands, you know, which we do on a daily basis with our Mm -hmm. partnerships. And it's just been great. He's the only dude on the team. So it's also (laughs) great to just have a little testosterone and be like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't do that. Or maybe we should. I I, I, I like the, that's the side where he's like, yeah, let's totally do that. We can pull it off. And we're always kind of looking at him like, are you sure? And he's like, I love that. (laughs) Listen, I think that if I think in any relationship, because I personally believe relationships, at least how I carry my relationship is it's us against the world in many respects. Right. Like we are the the glue that is going to go out there and make our dreams happen. We're going to be our biggest supporters to each other. And that's just what it is. And we've created this family with these little people running around and depending on us. So I feel like if you can make it work, I think it's fascinating and phenomenal. However, I also am married and I also have a husband who we do a lot together, but it is not easy by no means. It's not. It's and not. so it's- how do you like, how do you create, I don't even want to say balance, but a structure in terms of like, okay, this is work. And now this is, this is family. This is us. It's hard. It, it's just hard. I, I It's just <laughs> something that we've accepted that is just hard. I... I used to kind of beat myself up when like certain things wouldn't come naturally or like coming to a decision would be hard um, because I just assumed like, oh, well, the longer we do it, the easier it'll be. And it's like, no, it doesn't necessarily get easier. You just get better. It's still okay. hard. But, yeah. you know, you just have to show up in that sense. Um, I think the one thing that we're really fortunate with is like because we work from home, mm-hmm. um, our entire basement is our workspace. So I know, when we go upstairs, it's kind of like you leave work down here, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm. uh, you know, sometimes we might, you know, film something in the kitchen. We might have to do a little something like in our, our bathroom or anything like that. But for the most part, if we can film it down here, we will just to leave work down here. And upstairs, we get to be mom and dad. We get to be mad and Chris. And so I think that has been really helpful within this last year for sure. And 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 then really like couples therapy, like really, because it's like, I, I think the thing too, is it's hard because it's like, we're CEO, COO, we're mom and dad, and then we're Maddie and Chris. So it's like, making sure that you honor each of those dy- relationship dynamics without mm-hmm. diluting another. Right. And I think that is where the hard part comes in for me. Well, I talk about this in my book. So in my book, Everyday Magic, I talk about your boundary wars, right? So I I love an analogy or an acronym rather, because it always helps me remember stuff. Like to me, your boundary wars are your work slash life boundary, your access boundary, your relationship boundary, and your space boundary. And so basically I kind of touched on those, like 
really like the kids could come down here if they needed to, but they pretty much know that this is off limits. I just feel like they have free range, like yeah, everywhere all else. over the house. Please don't come downstairs near mommy's <laughs> MacBook or daddy's iMac for the love of God, please. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a space boundary, right? And I think too, especially for so many of us who started working from home during the pandemic and stuff like that, if you have to work from home, even if you don't have a designated office, if you have a desk, Go ahead and put a boundary on that to the rest of your family. Hey, this is where mom works. Please do not touch or mess with anything on that desk because it's really important for me to stay organized. And I think sometimes we think it's silly, but it's really not. Like this being like a sacred space for work allows us to keep everything else in our lives pretty much in order. And so, yeah, so the space boundary is huge. Yeah. 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 And also that relationship boundary, too, because I'm like, when I want Chris to be my husband, I'm not interested in talking to the COO of the company. Really not. Like, when we're out on date night, we will get to that on Monday. And I will respond back to that email respectfully. Right now, I want to order dessert. (laughs) That's right. Like, enjoy this moment right here. So, okay, with that, with date night. So how often do you guys make it a priority to be Maddie and Chris? Usually at least once a week. So date night, we typically, we're really fortunate. My parents live seven minutes away. His parents live 20 minutes away. So we're really fortunate to have two sets of grandparents literally within driving distance. I'm so Um, happy for you. I am so happy for you. (laughs) I I always tell people, this is the life hack of all life hacks. If (laughs) you have any kind of extra income to get your parent to leave near you, do it. Do it. Um, So yeah, so... Typically, they'll go to my parents on Friday nights after school, usually around 5 or 5.30. They call it Grandpa Fridays because they go hang out with my my dad and my mom. And and then we'll go out. And sometimes it's fancy. So sometimes we'll go to the High Museum, which is the art museum here in Atlanta. Or we'll just go to the like, you know, we'll just go grab some tacos and come back and watch a Marvel movie. But it's just about that time being exclusively for us, you know? Yes, yes. Communication and making the time. I think if you can do those two things, then you're golden. It's just hard to do sometimes. I think it's three. I think it's like communication, spend time together, just have sex. Keep having sex. I cannot stress this enough. Like it solves so many problems. And you're like, I'm not even mad about that anymore. You know, it's very interesting. No, you know what that's that's interesting because I know for us in our relationship, that that closeness, you you don't realize that it's like this intimate it you don't realize that you're lacking the intimacy until you guys are close again. You're like, oh, that's why I like you. Okay, okay, now I get it. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) So I think it's those three things, right? It's like, yes, go out on dates, communicate, and please have sex. What happens is, and, and he made such a good point. He's like, isn't one of the perks of being married like this person that you get to enjoy sex with, like specifically? And I was like, that's such a good point. But you get so caught up in the schedules and the kids and the work and this and that. But you don't want to miss out on literally one of the gifts that marriage gives you. And it's like getting to enjoy sex with this person you love. You like to lose a little bit of sleep so you can have a peaceful day. For Ah. peace, child, because I be drinking my coffee. I'm not arguing with nobody. Because I sacrificed, child, that time necessary to get it in and keep it peaceful. That's right. That's right. I love that. That's probably the best. That's probably the best marriage hack right there. You have a choice. I'm telling you, if 
I'm telling you, if you want to solve a problem in your marriage fast, That's get right. the Meg the Stallion knees going. Stretch it out. Get the bang gag. Girl, can make sure you're hydrated. Get your Gatorade. Whatever you need. Stretch That's it right. out. I promise get you. It. It's like you, it you won't even remember what y'all was arguing about. I is promise this, you. Is this part of the tips that you learn in couples therapy? Or is this just a Maddie <laughs> It hat? is. Okay. It is. It is. And I, I, I love my therapist for that because she was just like, yo, just... I don't know. It would behoove you to just have a little <laughs> bit more sex, you know, because I, I I was the one who was very much so one like out of my love languages, physical touch is just not important to me. I'm like, give me compliments and gifts. And so physical touch is important to my husband and not even just in the sense of sex. He Same. just wants. Yeah. He yes. just like even just like a encouraging touch. And, and I had to understand that because I automatically associated physical touch with sex. And so oh, just yeah. actually learning what matters to him, right? Like, hey, babe, how you doing? A rub on the shoulder, you know, touching mm -hmm. him on the knee. Like, and I even had to learn that about myself where it's like, well, what physical touches actually matter to me? What right. are, what is actually meaningful to me? And so just actually learning those things. And that's why it's so important to always keep learning yourself, always keep learning your partner. That's why therapy yeah. has been huge, both individually and couples therapy has been huge. That's yes. so interesting. I never thought about it like that. That's crazy. Yep. That is that's crazy. Yep. But I think I think you're right though. I think you're right. I think it is, you know, you sacrifice one or the other to get what you need. Do you feel like Absolutely. that has changed or your relationship or intimacy changed when you had kids? A absolutely, just because you're even more tired. <laughs> it's like I'm specifically tired because of these three people. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. So. That's right. <laughs> um and so yeah, and then also too where it's like you know, when we do have those moments alone or we, you know, we often travel to get a, a lot together for, for work in addition to leisure. And so when we do have the, the, just the time away where it's us, it's like, man, you know what? This is nice. I, I really enjoyed you on this trip. This was cool that we got to experience this together. And so I also think there's like a, a, a bond, at least that has happened for us in our friendship. Because it's like, I know how hard it is to raise these three specific children, yeah. right? Like, it's hard for all of us, but these three specific children are very intense in their own unique way. And only you know that, you That's know, right. as the other parent. And so, yeah, I definitely think, yeah, our bond, our intimacy definitely changed. You know what I mean? Because I think oftentimes, too, how you feel about something, right? Because even... Now, even though physical touch still isn't the top thing to me, physical touch means a lot more to me because sometimes all three of the kids just want their dad. And it's right. like, I just would like to hug my husband. So now I'm kind of dealing with this dynamic of where now I'm jealous because uh, three people are, you see what I mean? Yeah. So just, and it's just a natural human thing to be jealous. It's not their right. children. They obviously don't, right. they're not doing anything malicious to me. Right, right, but right. it's like, oh, wow, I didn't really get to see you or talk to you today because you were with them the whole time. And that's where the communication comes in. All right. So mm -hmm. I want to shift now because I want to talk about this book, Everyday Magic. I remember reading the post where you were like, I have scheduled out my content for the next how many months and I am going <laughs> to go and write my book. So just so I you guys know, <laughs> I'm being transparent that this content has been scheduled out. and It is on automatic and I'm going to go write my book. And you took the time for yourself because you wanted to do it. You knew that it was going to be amazing as it is. And you were like, I'm going to take this time for myself to go make this dream happen. How yeah. does that work? Yeah. Chris supports you in it and you yeah. just go off and do it. Is that it? Does, is it that easy? 
it's 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 that easy and it's not. I mean, I, I'm married to the greatest person on earth. So let's start with that. So that's the first hack. Oh, okay. um, and then right. <laughs> that's the first hack. Um, and then, yeah, it, well, it, it happened all pretty fast. I um, I ended up signing my my publishing deal in August of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I had to turn in my first draft October 1st. So if you do the math, it was approximately 10 weeks I had to write the book. So wow. I was like, uh, and then the book came out, you know, August 23rd of 2022. Wow. So it was a year to write it, go through the drafts, print it out, promote it. So it was quite, it was on the fast track for sure. And this was the first book I had ever written. We also um, had the expectation that our basement would be done. So I would have a designated space to write it. Mm -hmm. The basement was not done until January of 2022. So we had to go rent out a co-working space while still paying for the basement to be done (laughs) um, and private school uh, (laughs) and (laughs) get all of that done. (laughs) But you know what? We made it work because That's we had right. to. But yeah, it was definitely intense. Uh, writing a book was like a lifelong dream of mine. And I just adamantly just did not want it to suck. So I like, <laughs> really tried my hardest. <laughs> That's all of our really goals in life. Uh, I just suck. don't want it to suck. I just don't want it to suck. Um, and so I really tried my hardest to write. It was so important to me to write a book that matters. Uh, and encourages. I think that was the biggest thing. Like I was like, when women read this and when anybody reads it, right? Because I think the one encouraging thing Chris just said, because he just got done listening to it on Audible. He said, he was like, everyday magic is for everyone. That's the really cool thing. Like he's like, you wrote it from the perspective of, you know, being a woman, a wife, a mom, but he's like, everyone can have everyday magic. So for anybody who has not heard of me or follows me on Instagram, um, everyday magic, magic is an acronym. It stands for making everyday meaningful, aesthetically pleasing, goal-oriented, intentional, and consistent. And I think what I love about it is like, it's an antidote to not make every day perfect. Cause I think a lot of times that's what we try to do. And we just end up failing miserably. It just crash and burns. It's so (laughs) true. It's so so true. Yeah. But if you can make it meaningful, if you can make it aesthetically pleasing um, and, and all these things, the reason why everyday magic to me is so deeply meaningful is because only you can name your magic. I can't name it for you. So this isn't a book where I'm like, do this and this will happen. That's not it at all. I can, I in the book pretty much explain to you what's meaningful to me, what's aesthetically pleasing to me, what helps me as a wife and mom. Because I think the my, my main thing now in this season of my career and my business is that I really want to help women eliminate the overwhelm of every day. Every day can just feel so much. I think the thing that's different for us in comparison to our moms, our grandmothers, our aunties, our, our, you know, older cousins or whatnot, is that we have so many distractions. It it is unprecedented, not to use that word, but it is unprecedented how many distractions we have. And that's where the overwhelm comes from, because you're so busy trying to remember stuff. That's right. And, and you're it's literally combating with what you saw on the news, what you saw on Twitter, who got canceled mm-hmm. on social media today, the new album that came. There's so much right. information and and it's and we're not being fair to ourselves. It's like you don't one, you you don't get credit for remembering things. You get credit for getting them done. So let's write them down. Let's close the tabs in our head. Um, and then I think the other thing, too, is, is that. You are not obligated to live a life that someone thought you should be living. 
Ah. Like you're, you're just not, you're just not. And even if you are not doing what your mom thought you were going to do, doing what this person thought you were going to do or anything like that, you lack nothing. You're there. Nothing about you is lacking. You are not an accident. You are more than complete. And before we get into the everyday stuff, right? Like, you know, how to batch household tasks or even how to hire it out and outsources. We really talk about what I call the deep work stuff, like really mm-hmm. understanding that you are more than enough. The subtitle of the book is The Joy of Not Being Everything and Still Being More Than Enough. Because I think the issue is, is that we have so many distractions. There's so many bells and whistles. There's email, there's social media, there's TV, there's streaming. Is that we think that we need to do all these things because each of us has experienced a level of trauma, be it big or small, that made us believe that we are not enough that we are not like everyone else. Like everyone else is okay, but I'm not. So I need to try to do a little more just to overcompensate, to make up for that deficit. And you have no deficit. You don't have a deficit. You ever heard um, of this concept of contracts? Like when you're younger, you're given contracts or you're signing Mm -hmm. contracts when you're younger. And basically the idea of it is, is that like you just said, through your family, through, you know, Mm -hmm. people who you've encountered in life, whatever it is, who, who put what they think you should be into your contract and you believed it. So you've signed that contract believing I should be this and I should be doing this, or I do this, or I am this, or I am, I am not this, or I, you know, whatever it is that you, what you lack or whatever you're the, the position you thought you should be in is contracts that you sign when you're younger. And the idea of it is, dispelling those contracts, writing new right. contracts for yourself to say, no, this right. is what I want to be. This is who right. I am, you know, and right. that, so it's basically that theory. And I love that because you're giving people permission and the power, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to be reminded that we have the power. You're That's giving it. people that power to say, no, give yourself right. the power. Now let's move forward. 1000%. Man, I've never heard the contracts concept, but it, it, it yeah. is absolutely accurate because we have been, a lot of times we tell ourselves is, you know, these lies or, or we let somebody tell ourselves a lie because we're like, oh, well, I really love and value this person's opinion. But just because they think you should be doing something doesn't mean it's a truth, doesn't mean that it's necessary. Um, and I think that the I, I wanted so much to write a permission slip, pretty much. I wanted to write a really detailed permission slip for you. And not that you even need my permission or anyone's permission, but it's just a nice to have as a reminder. You this your permission slip to yourself. That's, this that's is your permission is. slip to yourself. Yeah. That's right. And, and and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a reminder to sign your own permission slip and get rid of these contracts, right? Because you don't even need a contract. You just need your own permission slip. And that's really, right. that's really what because I want people to enjoy their everyday life. Like we we deserve it. I, I think about all types of people, but I think about millennials especially. We have yeah. been through a lot. Like I think I was, I was 16, 17 when 9-11 happened. Yeah. You know, then there was the recession. There's so much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't, th- I wasn't 16, 17 when 9-11 happened, but I hear what you're saying. Okay. Like I get it. I was out of high school, but I understand what you're saying. I was a senior to be fair. Let me make sure I, I aged myself. I was a listen, senior. I was a senior. Look, I'm just oh letting you gosh. know. I'm just letting you know. But <laughs> I I love that. I love that concept, though. And I love that idea of really putting it down in book form where people can really like take it in. And sometimes I find that 
even reading in book form feels so much more, um, I don't know. I feel like it, it hits me in a different way than if I'm reading it through social or like yep. if someone's telling me in a YouTube video or whatever, I think there's something Absolutely. about like, yeah, like consuming oh, those yeah. pages. Yeah. That and it really even hits. what I'm, what I'm getting from a lot of people who even got the, uh, got it on audible is a lot mm-hmm. of them are buying the physical book because they're like, there's so many things I want to highlight and reference to later because, right. uh, you know, I, I, I had the lovely ladies from the home edit wrote an endorsement yeah. for the book. And the one thing that just really stood out to me is they were like, this is the kind of book you come back to two, three, four times. Like this That's is right. not just a one and done book. And, right. and that was really what it is. My sister kind of calls it. She's like, it's like this, you know, she's like, it's like this wholesome millennial <laughs> guide to like every day. That's what right? it is. Because yeah. It's like, yeah. Because it's like, you look at stuff like, you know, maybe I, I talk about this all the time where I'm like, you know, I think people like Martha Stewart and like these other people were really cool, like lifestyle gurus, you know, when our, you know, when our moms were coming up, but it's like, who's like, who's giving us like tips on stuff now? You know what I mean? That isn't just like quick, like you said, right? Like the short form video is great, but when I need something to reference back to, I'm not, I'm not interested in scrolling through somebody's timeline. Right. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a resource. It's It's a a resource. resource. You can you can go get it now. It's 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 everywhere that books are available. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Books a Million. But yeah, we were really excited about. We've been really excited about the response to the book because, like, I the 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 messaging that I'm getting from women when they like email me, DM me, they're like, I feel so seen. You know, like they're like, I used to think that doing these things meant I was too extra. Like, I, I really wanted to make sure that people that are our age and our generation really knew that like, if your family matters to you, if your home life matters to you, you're allowed to make a big deal out that's of that. Right. That's, okay. that's right. You're that not okay. frivolous because of that. And right. so that's been a lot of the, the the feedback we've been getting from the book and we're excited about I love it. that. No, I love that. I love that idea. If, you're, if your home life matters to you, you're allowed to make a big deal of that. Absolutely. You're allowed to make, you're allowed to make a big deal of whatever matters to you. Whatever matters to you, man. That's really what it's about. And and I in the book I I iterate and I and I reiterate it through throughout the chapters is that oftentimes I'll have people who are like, oh my gosh, you do everything. And it's like, no, 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 that's the magic, right? You think I'm doing everything, but I'm only doing everything that matters. And that's why it seems so big, right? Right. When you're doing everything that matters, it'll seem really big to people. And it's like, but you're not doing what, you know, Diana over here is supposed to be doing. You're not doing what Kelly's doing and stuff like that because you're so focused on what you have to do. And so I I had to get out of that because I, I felt, so many times where I would see somebody doing something like, oh, I could do that too. Running a marathon is an amazing goal to have. Amazing. Only if it matters to you. <laughs> Can't do it. Can I <laughs> If do it, it doesn't matter to you, it don't have nothing to do with you. Okay, but this is let my thing, Maddie. Maddie, okay, so that's a good point though, because I was about to let you go, but now you got my brain thinking. So now I'm gonna keep you for a couple more minutes. Because my thing is this though, how do you... <laughs> You know, I could talk to you for two hours. I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Okay. How could you, how, how do you keep that focus sometimes though? Because as a mother of three, a wife, you know, uh, a friend, a sister, you know, plus Mm -hmm. your career, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you're building such an empire, right? How are you keeping, how do you keep it focused and find the time for everything. Now, one, I will say this, and I always, I always, if if I ask an iteration of this question, I always say, this is not a question I feel like they ask men enough. They don't ask men these questions. They don't. 
They, they don't, don't ask they men don't. how they find the time. For other women and mothers who are listening, how are you finding what is important now and what's not important? The, the, the first thing we take you through in the book is pretty much how to create your own manifesto. And I think what changed my life forever is creating my own personal mission statement. Because what happened is, is that every other mission statement in my life, including our family mission statement, my company mission statement became an iteration of that. And what I love too, is that the mission statement is like really short and to the point, but your manifesto is pretty much like your own personal document saying like, this is what matters to me. This is what I'm working towards or whatnot. And the manifesto is massive because it will change with you because it's supposed to, because you are an ever-changing person. And the, But the manifesto is just a beautiful reminder, right? Like, we don't really have, like, what is what is the thing as a person, right, that is the equivalent to a business plan? And that's what this manifesto is, right? When they, when you when you go start a business, what do they tell you? Go make a business plan, you know, then you present it to people who want to invest in your business, right? Right. When you want to invest in yourself, what's the thing that you have? Right. Mm. You don't have a document. And so if you would do this for a business and to me, your life is more important than your business, it would behoove you even just to have a note in your notes app. That is what we call your manifesto. So it's mm. literally the Maddie manifesto, the Lizzie manifesto. That's what we walk through in chapter one. And the chapter one is the magic of discovering why. When you understand why your life matters to you because of what you, what you decide make is is what matters everything changes right like things that matter is not necessarily because chris said this or because my mom said this or because the internet said this if i say this matters to me i move in a different way i move with a level of confidence that only clarity can bring and Intent. that's why it's important to have yep and that's why it's so important to have that manifesto. Again, it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out document. It literally can be like five bullet points. But as mm -hmm. long as it's there, it's something that I revisit on a daily basis. I just glimpse at it. I don't right. have to recite it. It doesn't have to be anything deep. It's just deliberate. And I say that throughout the book. It's not deep. It's just deliberate. So mm. we first start there before we get... Because it doesn't matter what I tell you. I can say, oh, girl, just go outsource your laundry. Go and do this. You can do it like this. This is how you take your family photos. I can tell you all of that. But if you don't know what it matters to you... And the reason why that was important too is because even in the intro of the book, I say, take what you need, leave what you don't. So mm. also, when you know what matters to you, you right. know not to, one, even get offended by what I'm saying about this part if it doesn't matter to you because it doesn't matter to you. So you're moving along. And so I think that that was huge. And I, and I think that is why even people who might not see eye to eye, people who don't have the same faith as me or anything like that can relate to the book because it's really, really permissive. This is about you and what you want in your life. And this is how you do the work to go to get it. That's great. I love that. I love that. Have intention. And if it doesn't matter to you, then keep on moving. Maddie, I could talk to you all day, all Me night. Me too, man. I'm, oh, I'm so excited. I, mean, I can't wait till this happens in person. If I see you on your stories and you're in LA and you have not hit me up, then we have a beef. Just so you know, we have a problem. I, I just want to make that clear. I want to make that clear. All right, guys, this is Maddie James. Make sure you check out her book. So make sure you follow her over at Maddie James and check her out. I love you. I thank you for being on here. I really do, Maddie. 
All right, Cool Mom crew, you've been listening to the Cool Mom Code podcast. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode with our special guest, Maddie James. Hope we help you find your own everyday magic today. Make sure you stay tuned for all of our upcoming episodes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.